man, Kevin Durant might bleed green next season. Russell Westbrook is drawing some interest from teams, really. And Grant Williams has some words for Steph Curry. I'm Rosa Panta. This is Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. John, how you living, my friend? Since JJ's not here, feeling good, feeling great. How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good, my friend. I cannot complain. Man, let's get to the news here. Kevin Durant. It dropped today that basically the Boston Celtics are a new suitor in the Kevin in the race to get Kevin Durant. And the trade offer kind of goes like this for the Celtics. It goes Jalen Brown, Derek Wright, White, and a draft kit. Uh, sorry, a draft pick for Kevin Durant. But the Nets reportedly refused this offer and they want more. So my first question is, first off, is this. If you're giving away Jalen Brown and Derek White, just those two pieces, does this put the Celtics in playoff or in NBA championship contention? What do you guys think? I mean, I'd say it does only because they're already there. But... It's just, it's a curious move. I I understand it on one side of the house that, you know, it's Kevin Durant. It's one of the best players in the league, obviously. You could argue top two to top three. Yeah. My concern with it for them is twofold. One, he's way older than the rest of their core. And so now you're breaking up a big part of that to get him. And you're potentially shortening your window. Two, and the bigger concern to me is Jalen Brown has been just on some level so disrespected by that team and the fan base he keeps getting thrown into every major rumor he actually responded to a tweet about this one today you gotta wonder because most likely i don't think they're gonna get him at some point is he finally just gonna say enough and not want to resign there himself and are they gonna end up inadvertently blowing up their own core that that was the read i got from this i mean what did you think about all this john there's so many thoughts that were traveling through my mind as I read as I read about this because I don't know what to believe. There's so many reports, there's so many tweets, and you know Twitter, it's all over the place. But you have all of these reporters saying this is this was a uh, discussed weeks ago for one report. Another report says that the Celtics are super serious about making this trade. So I don't even know what to believe. And I think Sammy, you talked about this earlier off the record that that the Nets may have uh, leaked this report, right? Yes, I I think this came from the Nets because they have nothing to lose by leaking it. It adds another team of interest and it potentially strikes some discord in the Boston fan or in the Boston organization. Yeah, exactly. And but my, my what I'm thinking now is that if if it weren't true, wouldn't Boston immediately come out and deny it or say something to kind of squ- squash those rumors? Because completely. Like, as you guys said, Jalen Brown is not happy. I mean, for crying out loud, he put out a tweet, uh, an acronym, and everybody here knows it. Everybody listening probably knows it, unless you're a boomer. It was SMH, which is shake my head. Clearly (laughs) talking about what transpired today or the news that came out. So like you said, Sammy, it's weird. And I think the Celtics are in a loose-loose situation now because, well... Mostly a lose-lose situation because I feel like they have to trade for Durant now because they're, they're like you said, they're going to blow up their core. 
if they don't. I feel like Jalen Brown is going to leave regardless, and they're going to have to find another trade partner. Their leverage is already down because they know he wants to leave. But I just feel like it's kind of a mess for the Celtics. But maybe I'm being overdramatic because I am a Laker fan, and I want them to crash and burn with every fiber <laughs> of my being. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is all just wishful thinking on my part. But... I don't know, man. It's uh, it's interesting to see how this will play out in the next couple of days. But my gut's telling me, I think that Durant is not going to go to the Celtics. Just my gut. I agree let's say that. let's say that Durant did go to the Celtics, and it was for Jalen Brown, Derek Derek White, and a pick. Do you think that puts the Celtics up top of the East? Like, do you think they're better than you know Milwaukee? If it's just those mm. three, I could see it. But I just think it would take more on some level. But I think, yeah, I think on a talent, ahead. sorry, just on a talent level, yes. But you have to remember that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been playing together for f- over five years. Good that point. they build some love level chemistry. They know how to play against each with each other. And I know Duran is a very He's a very easy person to play with just because of his game. He's so adaptable and his skill set is so unique that it's and he's he's not selfish um, to an extent. So I think it's an easier plug and play. But again, chemistry is super important and it takes a while for guys to gel. So I think that's that's something that's not really talked about. So talent wise, yes, but the Bucks again without they had without Middleton, they were they were still there in the playoffs. So getting him back full strength, there's still a, a, a you know a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I mean they just made the NBA Finals, so I see why they're searching for sort of that extra push to get them over the top. But apparently the Nets want also Marcus Smart and more draft picks for Kevin Durant. Hearing about that, that that is a boatload, and all I could think about was how the trade for Rudy Gobert completely ruined the market for Kevin uh-huh. Durant because if Kevin I mean if Rudy Gobert is gonna like what did he get it was like five, five picks. picks yeah great and four great of them point yeah four of I, them were like yeah. unprotected first and one of them was a pick swap right it was um four unprotected or just three unprotected one top five protected and then two swaps something like something insane absolutely and that's for Rudy Gobert right a man that Kevin Durant has famously insulted for being depoy like multiple times. <laughs> so I don't know what the Boston Celtics can really offer where the Nets are going to be like, well, did you see this Rudy Gobert trade? That doesn't really equal out. Another thing I want to mention about this is I almost think if the Boston Celtics traded for Kevin Durant, I think Marcus Smart has to be a part of that too because I'm just thinking about the personalities, man. And I don't think Marcus Smart and Kevin Durant are going to get along. Like, if you have, like, mild-mattered, like, Jason Tatum, I think I think the chemistry would be okay. But Marcus Smart is like another Draymond, man. That's going to be yeah. another locker room fight, in my opinion. I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? I, I do. And in addition to that, if you think about that, if they were actually on the Celtics front, bite the bullet and trade Brown and Smart, then you're starting Brogdon who is a solid starter, but also injury prone. Katie, at this point, you have to say it's kind of injury prone. He misses time every year now. Yes. You have that as one concern, and two, you're completely changing the complexion of this team. This team is a defensive team. 
you take Smart and Brown out of there, and you put Brogdon and Durant in their place, they're not bad defenders, but they're not going to have that same attitude, particularly Smart. So you're changing the complexion of this team. You're potentially, like John alluded to earlier, completely messing with the the state of that locker room because there's a the defined pecking order there now, right? Right. So the more I actually think about this, as talented as Durant is, I really don't like this for them. I just I think this is a team that's still young enough to just try to take next steps. You filled your biggest hole, which was another score off the bench. Giving up anything near what they're asking is just it's too much or it's going to disrupt your team, I think. Yeah, I mean, like they were two games away from winning it all. And in game six, they let Golden and credit to Golden State for doing this. But 21-0 run in the game six, the deciding game six, I don't think that should happen. Right. Especially with two teams that are that are, you know, nearly equal. So, yeah. a lot of that was on Boston. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a very drastic move. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's a drastic move too. I I would like to see Boston just kind of stay pat and hope that their young core develops even more mm-hmm. next year. But Durant would be such a huge swing. But it's like, it could be amazing. Or it could like just be a complete like house on fire. Right. I know this is I know this isn't an apples to apples comparison, but this reminds me of the two thousand eight Lakers when they were up on the Celtics. I think it was game I wanna say game five or game six. Game five. They were up at home, I think, by twenty something points. I don't know if you guys remember this. And the Celtics came back and won that game and then they ended up winning game six. And I, I, and then the next year, 2009, the Lakers ended up winning against the Magic. And I just, they had the same team. They just buckled up. They worked harder in the offseason. They worked on their, their flaws and they got mentally tougher. So I don't, I just feel like the Celtics, you know, a lot of things have to fall into place, but I feel like they, it would be a mistake to make a move this drastic. Yeah, absolutely agree. But you know what? We're actually going to get to our next topic here. Speaking of the Lakers, Russell Westbrook is gaining some interest from some teams. Apparently, the Jazz, the Knicks, and the Pacers have all expressed interest in acquiring Russell Westbrook and draft capital from the Lakers. I mean, we got to kick it to our man here. We got to kick it to to the to the Lakers stand on the uh, podcast here. What do you think uh, about these rumors, and what would you want potentially back for Russell Westbrook if these uh, rumors are true? I knew you were going to go to me first. But I will say that I will I will say this. This is how I know that there's fake news. That fake news is alive and well (laughs) in our in our society because there is no way that this many teams have expressed interest in Russell Westbrook. No way. You don't think so? Okay, okay, okay. Maybe (laughs) maybe I'm being a little dramatic here, but um, no, no. They they I think they're interested for all the reasons that I think people at least here on the panel and then other people would probably realize that it's not because of him as a player. It's because he has the asset is his expiring contract off the books after this year, $46 million. So that allows teams to have a lot of cap space for 2014, whoever the free agents are, whatever the market is at the time. Um, But also the Lakers would have to be giving up draft capital as it states here, because no one's going to take him straight up. And, you know, there's a chance that those picks are going to be valuable because the Lakers may be terrible. Well, will be terrible if LeBron and when LeBron James retires, which I think, you know, 27, 2027 and 2029, 
LeBron, if he's still playing, I don't think it's going to be as effective. But who knows, man? He's like the freaking energizer bunny. He's a robot, bunny. dude. He's, he's like a robot. He's a robot. He's not human. <laughs> um, back to Russ. I don't like. I know that there were rumors about the Pacers with Miles Turner and Buddy yep. Hield. I would. That would be a, to me. That would be a great pickup. I know Turner has a, had some injury issues. Buddy Hield, I think, would fit really well in our system. Um, just because he's a shooter, he's a spot-up shooter, and he's lo- and he's he shoots lights out. Um, he's kind of streaky, but that's what the Lakers need is shooting. Uh, the Knicks, I have a hard time under- like knowing what they would get from the Knicks. I-, I know Julius Randle's name was thrown out there, but I just don't see him and LeBron going well together. Sammy, you would probably agree with that. Yeah, because I, th- I think if anything, Randle is he plays a very similar game. To LeBron, obviously, much much less effective version of that, though. Right, right. Yeah. And then, and then the Jazz, like Donovan Mitchell's obviously off the table. That's not happening with the rest. Um, I would imagine maybe Jordan Clarkson and some other pieces. That's what I was but, thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. And Jordan Clarkson, you know, he's a great six man off the bench, but that's not. He's not really in. I don't know if he's the knee that the Lakers. That 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 that, you know, that's gonna put them over the top or or push them further into contention, but. For Russ, I guess it's like addition by subtraction to me. Like getting him, yeah. I don't think he's a fit on this team. I think he can thrive in other places, but Russ and LeBron is not. It just doesn't. It's not going to work. They both need the ball in their hands, and I, I think that's. It's as simple as that. And I want to get your guys' thoughts because I don't want to complicate it any more than that. I think that's the bottom line. Like. LeBron or Russ, you pick one or the other because they can't coexist because they both need the ball in their hands 80, 90% of the time. So Sam, Sammy, what I need from you is is best case scenario with these three teams being the, being the uh, other side of the trade and then worst case scenario. All right. So best case scenario, I'm seeing two different versions of this. One would be the best version of the Lakers, which is the Pacers trade. Pacers trade would look something like Westbrook and it would probably take both ones that John mentioned for Heald and Turner. I actually think that makes the Lakers a lot better fast. Uh, it takes care of the ball handling problem. It adds the shooting they so desperately need, gives them a good defensive center. Yeah, I, I would be a straight up believer in the Lakers. That's That really trade happens the team, and I'm right? being very, very, very honest. You yeah. know, and I, I rarely do that with the Lakers, but this time that that trade would put <laughs> it over the top for me. Go ahead, Sammy. So the other side of that, it's interesting to me that the Knicks and the Jazz are listed. And it actually makes it made the wheels turn and just wanted me to make a stroll over to the old trade machine to see if there's a three-way trade there involving Donovan Mitchell ending up in New York, Westbrook ending up in Utah. Uh, and in that scenario, the only question is, so what ends up in LA in that particular scenario? But it's just interesting that the Jazz and the Knicks are listed when I assume the Knicks are there because what they would probably want to do, as far as I could tell, is add more draft picks to give to the Jazz. Yeah, because that's the Jazz true. Because want draft capital. They're, the rumor is they want six or seven picks for Mitchell. So what if that six or seven picks involves rerouting Westbrook, buying him out? Yeah. Um, the other really best case scenario for us from Pure Entertainment is putting Westbrook in Utah and actually making him play there in front of those fans because we know he hates them. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, so, but overall for the Lakers, I think the Indiana trade is the one that's best. Um, worst case to me, I, agreeing with you both, 
I just don't see what from New York makes sense for the Lakers. Like, what are you getting that's $47 million in salary? So that one doesn't add up to me. The only thing that I'm looking at, just to go back to what you were saying, is if the Knicks are trying to get off of Randall and Fournier's contracts, those two for Westbrook, the numbers work. And in a sense, that actually, it's not the worst trade for the Lakers. It just eats up any potential hope you have for Castro yeah. in the next four years. John, scale of one to 10, <laughs> if that trade actually happened, how happy would you be? Which one? The Pacers trade? The Knicks trade. So let's no. say it's it goes Randall and Fournier. It's gonna take both your ones. 10 being that well oh, 10 oh, is not like just, you're sold you're sold not, wait not just a straight up i don't Fournier think and i don't think it's i don't think any team is taking westbrook without picks let's let's meet in the middle uh, uh, call it one of your picks oh uh, one of our picks just with randall say and one. evan Fournier. yeah uh, and just to give uh, you background randall four years 23.8 million Fournier three years 18. honestly that's like a four to me and that's being generous and the reason why i say that is because julius randall i love him the Lakers drafted him. I think he's he's a good talent, a great talent. I don't think he's superstar material, but I think he's he's a great player. He reminds me of like he's like a bigger Russell Westbrook, but can shoot slightly shoot better. But he he handles when he handles the ball, he turns the ball over a lot. He can get to the rim. He's a force in the paint, and he he thinks he's a much better jump shooter than he is. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't like that trade at all. And I don't think the Lakers yeah. would do it. And if he, if if uh, Palenka does that, I'm going to pick it yeah. outside Staples Center. If, if this is true on the New York Knicks side, like them actually showing genuine interest for Russell Westbrook, like what what more like New York Nick move can you get when you do something good <laughs> by getting Jalen Brunson and completely erase his production, his spacing on the floor, his effectiveness by getting a Russell Westbrook to pair with him. Like that the would only, be absolutely, yeah, exactly. it would do, undo everything uh, you just did this off season. Right. Here's a three-way trade that works in the trade machine. I just want to throw this out there to all of you and see what you think. Okay, I like so this. So let's take an argument. It's Westbrook and one pick from the Lakers. Okay. Fournier and Mike Conley. Oh my. Lakers. Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks and add whatever else. To the Jazz, without draft compensation, Westbrook, Obi Toppin, quickly, and then they're probably going to add seven picks. Okay. I like Mike Conley for the Lakers, and because he's a guy that can, he's good in the pick and roll, and he can shoot the ball. And that's what you need on this Lakers squad with LeBron James. Hmm. Um, I missed... think. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. The only thing about Mike Conley that I'm worried about is that the Lakers don't need another oft-injured player. Yes. Which he is one of those. True. That's the only thing that, I, like, that I'm worried about on the Lakers side. Yeah. The rest of the stuff I like. I like Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks. I like um, the Jazz getting what you said, Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin quickly. And let's let's call it somewhere between five to seven, five to seven pick, pick swaps. That's that's what I think will go over there. So yeah, I think uh, so. The Lakers pick and all of the Knicks picks would go to the Jazz in this scenario. So I just I can't yeah. see Jazz Knicks interest in Westbrook unless it's combined. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. Uh, so, unless so another- the 
chest straight up just to try to keep my draft capital. So in other words, John's like praying for this Pacers trade to happen. The Pacers trade is still <laughs> a lot better as far as I'm concerned would be, overall, yes. That would be so good. Anyway, um, I'm going to take us to a short little break with a word from our sponsor. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your, free, make your first bet to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. And that's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. And now we are back. We're going to switch over to another favorite topic. Our uh, our fellow hooligan, JJ Spirit Animal, Draymond Green, came out with a quote <laughs> in which he was tweeted. To, he tweeted and was saying, I'm watching the 98 Bulls versus Utah in the finals. Green tweeted. I can't help but notice our 2017 team would have beaten these Bulls by a dub and these Jazz by 40 if they're going to play these brands of basketball. And that's why it's dumb to compare eras. So obviously this lit up Twitter for a bit. Any particular initial impression on what Draymond had to say and thoughts on trying to compare eras because that does come up a lot. Oh man. Warrior fan, go. Man, this this like little bit of information that he said <laughs> we would beat the Jazz by forty. I see no lies. <laughs> I don't see any lies in that statement. Do you guys see any lies in that statement? Honestly, not really. I mean, thirty if you want to be realistic, but forty ain't that much of a stretch. I don't think it's that much of a stretch. I don't think they could keep up. No. In my opinion, as far as like if we were running out in transition or how many three pointers we would shoot, like the points would just come in bunches. I'll address the Chicago Bulls part a little later. John, what do you think? I think he's right that it's dumb to come to compare eras because and that's not really just because the styles are different. I mean, that's part of it, but it's because the game is officiated much differently. You're there's a lot you can get away with in terms of contact nowadays or there isn't a lot you can get away with back then there was so much more contact and i think just the physicality is different i mean if we're playing it depends right are they are they are you are we talking about the rules back in the day back in the 90s or are we talking about the rules today i was gonna ask the same exact question exactly like so that 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 matters right because yeah I don't agree with Draymond's statement if we're playing the 90s brand of basketball the or the 80s, the Jordan, before the Jordan, you know, during the Jordan rules where you're knocking guys down. You're literally on the verge of injuring people and they're called for common foul. I mean, Kurt Rambis got clothesline for crying out loud and that was called a common foul. If that happened today, that would have been a 10-game suspension at least. So, it you know, it's guys... I agree. Guys today don't know what the game is like back then, but guys back then wouldn't know what the game is like today. So it's it's really hard to compare. I agree with him in that aspect. Yeah, and um, you know, it's interesting that this came up. Uh, this is a total 
tangent related to this, but I've actually been reading uh, the Bill Simmons book of basketball recently that he wrote. This was years ago, back in like 2010, before the Warriors became the Warriors. Just started rereading it recently, and I bring it up because he mentioned that in the late 90s, all these teams that potentially could have been a challenger to the Bulls for various reasons fell by the wayside. An example being the Sonics with Peyton and Kemp that should have been there for so long. And then Kemp had some issues and other teams fell in that way. And all of a sudden, Utah rose up, not necessarily because they were that great, but because all these other teams that looked like they were going to be star studded or be the challengers fell off. And so that right. team looked better by comparison. But if you really were to stack them up, era wise, it is hard to compare. But from a pure talent perspective, when it comes to Utah only, I, I do think they would have been very mismatched specifically but you also said you wanted to comment on the bulls separately yeah so mm. draymond we're talking about the 98 bulls we're talking about michael jordan scotty pippen dennis rodman i mean the list goes on right ron harper etc like these were like the basketball psychopaths of their era like they were, they would just figure you out. And for some reason, I don't know if it's just because I grew up watching them and I think they're, they're freaking superheroes. I just feel like they would figure out the Warriors no matter what era it was. And honestly, athletically, I felt like with the 2017 Warriors, I think they could match up athletically. I do. It's not like they're going up against a Giannis. It's not like they're going up against LeBron James like these super athletic freaks. The Warriors don't have that in 2017. So that's my argument is that like maybe beat the Bulls by a dub. I don't I don't know, man. I would give 20, the edge to Michael Jordan. Yo, 20 is a lot, but yeah. like that's a lot, man. I mean, if he said yeah. maybe 5, I'd be like, "Okay, okay." I mean, you had Kevin Durant on your team, you had Steph Curry, you had Clay, you had Clay and you got Draymond, right? And you had yeah. like Great role player. I think Sean Livingston, was he still on that team or no? No, he yes. wasn't. Oh, he was. Okay. He was. Him, Iggy. David West. Um, David West. God, yeah, you got a lot team. of... That was a stacked team. Um, but I'm with you, bro. I think that the Bulls were just... Man, they would have figured it out. Maybe they would have lost game one because they just... They would have been hit with a flurry of punches and threes and transitions. But... Like we're talking about Michael Jordan here. We're talking about yeah. Scottie Pippen. Like these are, yo, come on, let's let's put some Draymond. Like <laughs> I I know that you want to get some podcast views and and engagement, and start controversy, but let's be real here. Twenty is a lot. It would have been at least at the very least a super close game. Yo, for sure. And I have no doubt that if Michael Jordan played in today's era, he would have been something like a forty to forty three percent shooter from deep. Because that obviously was not yeah. a huge part of his game in the 90s, but it's because it didn't need to be. But exactly. If, if, if someone in analytics told Michael Jordan, hey, the math works out, you should shoot threes, he literally would spend a summer and be hella good at threes. Exactly. Just because yes. he was that much of a psychopath. Yeah. Well, like and for so, basketball and competition. And, right. And so this one, the era is impossible to compare. Because, yeah, you look at it on paper in today's era, then Golden State's going to beat anybody. They're built for today's era. But... Yeah. But it, it is going to be impossible. And like John said, you got to put some respect on the GOAT's name, man. You can't, they're not losing to anybody by 20 every game in a, in a playoff series. This is just yeah. not happening. 
So. <laughs> I like I like the confidence from Draymond Green. Yeah. But I also like seeing when like superstars are also really humble and respectful to like history. Like, did you guys ever see um, there was an interview? Uh, I think it was like Arsenio Hall or something like that. And he was talking to Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. And he said, if you guys were put in a fight, who would win? And he asked Mike Tyson first or sorry, Muhammad Ali first. Right. And Muhammad Ali's like, well, you know, he's he's got the power. If he catches me, you know, I'm going to go to sleep. But first, he's got to catch me. And then Mike Tyson, he says, you know, every head must bow. Every every hand must pray or something like that. You know, crazy Mike Tyson stuff. And he said, but who's sitting over there is the greatest of all time. I have nothing bad to say about him. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, man, on. man, put some respect, put bro. some respect, bro. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, that's a Did- great reference point, too. Um, using those guys but from okay so from there we will move on to someone who probably doesn't need quite as much respect as Michael Jordan uh, Grant Williams commented on the finals <laughs> loss to the Warriors quote when I've reflected and looked back to those games I would still say confidently confidently to this day they weren't the better team I would say they were the more disciplined team I would say that without a doubt there's just so much to unpack here. Irrational confidence among them. Guys, please kick us off. June, one more time, because you are the Warriors fan. Please let me know Oh man, how hard you laughed or just what you thought of when you first read this tape. Grant Williams must be thinking about this a lot. He must be staying up late at night just thinking about what they could have done better. And you know what? I, I will say that, like, talent-wise... Sure, it's possible, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Warriors won, and it's seven games. Like, when you have that many repeated attempts to defeat someone, honestly, the better team is always going to win. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to the Warriors. They were the better team. They won best of seven. And there wasn't any, like, huge injuries or anything to, like, really swing this... Um, this series, I mean, with the exception of uh, Robert Williams just having just trying to recover from an injury, but that's what I think. What do you think, John? I mean, yeah, they were the better team. They beat you. That's, that, yeah. to me, means that you were better. <laughs> I mean, regardless of whether or not you think that you had more talent, you lost, right? And, and we can't blame injuries. I know that uh, Williams was throughout the entire playoffs he was injured but he's not like a major key cog on that team I would say like or at least not a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown type or even a Marcus Smart type so you can't blame it on injuries you can't blame it on on fatigue because both teams play the same amount of games and so they won you can't like it to me this is just so whack and to say it what a month nearly a month and a half after the finals still trying to be relevant still trying to make like who cares man move on you should be working on your game grant williams and stop focusing on the warriors (laughs) (laughs) right and you know what too the other thing about this for me is that part of what makes a team better is discipline that's part of the package yeah like you're absolutely right you look at the the spurs teams that had that great run I would argue that almost every year that they won a title, there was probably a more talented team out there, but the Spurs were so good within their own system that it it basically amplified their strengths. 
because of their discipline. So to me, this whole argument is so flawed to begin with that it tells you part of the problem. So yeah, agreed. I'm. It just yeah. feels like Grant Williams is playing a lot of NBA 2K. Correct. Um, but funny you mentioned that he had enough time to attend the ESPYS and take us to our next topic, where Steph Curry threw a little shade at him in a frankly relatively awkward fashion, saying that he could borrow his suit or his ring. And a week later, again, Grant Williams just late on the comebacks and on the retorts. A week later, he posts on IG, quote, I would borrow this suit, but I don't wear a Smedium. With an S. <laughs> so I, I know we're just piling on Grant Williams, but he's just giving us so much to pile on. Just any, any thoughts about the take, about the very poor combination of the word Smedium, anything here that you want to add to this take? Well, I think it would be, uh, we would do ourselves a disservice and this podcast a disservice if I didn't speak on behalf of JJ, who is not here with us, sadly. The number one or number one A, B warrior fan. I don't know who's who's more of a warrior fan, June or JJ, but they definitely are a tandem there as warrior <laughs> fans. So I, on behalf of JJ, I will say this. That is really weak. And not only is it a weak burn or a comeback, if you want to call it that, but he took a week, like a week. Like he was going through all of these disses yeah. or insults, writing them in his little notepad or diary. <laughs> and he said, all right, this is the one I'm going to release online on Twitter because I think it hurts the most, but it's a medium. <laughs> What does that even mean? Like, like I don't is, that, know, is, he, is he just trying to say that he's not a... I mean, to me, it's like, wouldn't an insult be something smaller than small? So yeah. small, like a medium small? is between small and medium, right? I, yeah. I don't know why I'm trying to unpack this insult because it's the dumbest, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen or heard. Like, I hope Grant Williams doesn't have like a hundred different drafts of this post. Because that'd be way more embarrassing. I hope he just woke up one day and is like, I guess I'll respond to this. But dude, being a week late on a comeback, like just drop it already. You know what I mean? Drop it, drop it. I mean, clearly he can't drop it, right? He lets things linger. I mean, he's still thinking about the Warriors saying that they're this not the better team. So yeah, we're, he's, still gonna be, he's still going to be talking about the, the 2022 finals when he's in the 2023 playoffs first round <laughs> he's gonna be tweeting about the warriors also it's an l on the suit like i wasn't yeah, a fan of the suit yeah. no the suit's an, a, a huge l dude yeah what did you think about all this sammy i just it feels like between the two maybe i'm connecting the dots and i shouldn't be but it's like he's trying to stay in the news a little bit like, sounds just, like it right for sure yeah like just trying to keep his name relevant and I don't know, it's just, it doesn't feel like a good look. It just, it makes him look, what's the word? I'm trying to be nice about this. Kevin Durante? Hmm. Durante <laughs> is an interesting choice. Yeah, let's go with that. Just petty. Petty might petty, be the word. Petty. So also, okay. also Durante, if you will. Um, yeah, it's just like, just let it go. It's every not a year good look. The, yeah, and, and what's the ESPYs every year? It's the monologue where the host is a famous athlete who roasts everybody. Especially yeah. if he just won a championship. It's, it's part of the banter. It wasn't Don't. even... It's not like Steph Curry even landed the joke. You exactly. know what I mean? 
Like there wasn't like a bunch of retweets because it was so hilarious. Yeah, like, this it's, wasn't. It's all like right, Grant Williams. Right, this wasn't Peyton Manning ho- hosting the SPs and still getting retweets for what he said about Durant like four or five years later. This was not as good. No offense to Steph, but it's just this wasn't his form. It's true. And you can kind of see that. So it's just like let it go. No one would have remembered it. I didn't remember it a week later. Clearly, yeah. Grant Williams did. Anyway. That's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you two for being on. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you guys. Have a good night. Sammy, thanks for being on. Always good to be here, man. Shout out to Jay. We'll see him on uh, next week's pods. Absolutely. Shout out to JJ who's missing. Shout out to RJ, our video producer, who's putting us on YouTube live right now. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.